A fabringen, in Yiddish a term meaning a joyous gathering, but it's really so much more. It's insight, it's inspiration, it's the bottom line. Join Rabbi Levi Avton Tuesdays at 1 p.m. for the Fabringen, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM is Rabbi Levi Avton, Associate Rabbi Linksfield Chul, here live at the High FM studio. You can always be part of our conversation by WhatsApping 061-895-1019 or SMS at 34519. It is an honor and a privilege to be able to be here once again at the Fabringen Show, where we try to Fabring, literally sit around, discuss a topic, something that's relevant and prevalent and in, on people's minds. And it's not a very hard thing to do specifically in the, in this week and this time that we find ourselves. And a, fa- a funny thing happened uh, this past few days, this past week. A little speech I gave at a funeral a week ago went a bit viral. And for the past few days, I've really been struggling to understand what about that speech went viral and why so many people were giving feedback about it. And over the past, I, don't know, I, th- I think I've been on this radio show for five years at least, um, the topic that I spoke about at the funeral, the idea of unconditional love, is something that I was probably my most often repeated conversation that we've had on the show, and yet it still comes as a shock to many people that a person can be religious and be tolerant. A person could be religious and embrace everyone unconditionally. And for me, that's ironic because it's only because of my religion that I attempt and I do my best to embrace people unconditionally. Religion is not a obstacle in the way of unconditional love. On the contrary, religion is the birthplace of unconditional love. And I can understand, I guess, why people feel otherwise. Um, religion as a general word in the recent memory has certain connotations to it, whether it is extreme religion, whether it is self-righteous religion, etc. Often people will see religion as a worldview of judgment. I'm right, you're wrong, I go to heaven, you don't, and uh, enjoy your burn, um, enjoy your stay in hell, because I'm, I, I am in heaven and you're not. And I have the monopoly on goodness and success in life. But often what happens with human beings is we take a wonderful idea and we corrupt it. And the idea is then to blame. And religion is a prime example of something that unfortunately, like any other human condition and any other human idea, can be corrupted. And the same thing which can become the birthplace for love and acceptance and humanity can become the place of harshness and judgment and self-righteousness. And it's important to remember as we go into this topic, we're just a few days before the beginning of the three weeks 
the mourning period when we mourn the destruction of the temples in Jerusalem and we're told that the main reason of the destruction was sinat chinam, unjustified hatred. Truth is no hatred is justified, but how much more so when there isn't even a reason, it's just hatred for the sake of hatred. A person can't be happy for the other person, a person is jealous of the other person. So when we're sitting in a time like this that we're entering the period of the year in which we focus on the tragedies that have befallen us on a na- as a nation and what we can do about it to get it right, it obviously forces us to sit and sit there and ask ourselves a simple question. Can we learn from the religion? Can we take the concepts that were taught in the Torah and realize that they were there to make us get along, not there to bring us apart. It was religion, it was monotheism, it was faith in one God that taught the world respect of human life and respect of human dignity. All the wonderful societies at the time had no respect for a a human being, for a person who was a slave, for a person who... Um, wasn't the top 1%. There was no dignity. It was literally man eat dog for, and dog eat man for a big part of human history. And it was ideas that were originally taught in the Torah, in the Ten Commandments, in the 613 mitzvahs that eventually um, infiltrated the human psyche and the human way of thinking and brought a, a world closer to human rights and human respect and human tolerance. So when when people see religion as a obstacle to unity, we have to ask ourselves, those of us who take pride in our faith and in our observance, ask ourselves, are we sharing the correct message? Are we being true messengers of the message that Hashem wants us to be? And that is to love every human being unconditionally, to have love for human beings, to respect human rights and human dignity, and not only human, but animal and the world. In other words, from the youngest age, I remember going on adventures as a, a young kid. And they always used to teach us a song when we sit, sat on the bus. Wherever you, wherever you go, it was a chant. People want to know who you are, so you tell them that you're the children of God. You show them that you are dignified. And they would always encourage us, make a kiddush Hashem, not a chil Hashem. Sanctify God's name, don't desecrate His name. In other words, when people look at you and they see a person who at least attempts to live a religious lifestyle, an observant lifestyle, then you then become a role model of what religion is supposed to do to a person. And if the people see in you incredible sensitivity and dignity and love, then you make a sanctification of God's name. Because now people sit there saying, oh, wow. So that's what observance does to somebody. That's what religion does to somebody. That's what faith does to somebody. However, if heaven forbid... I take it the other way around, and I I use religion as a way to become harsh and rigid and difficult and angry and self-righteous. Then a person looking says, really? Why in the world would I ever want to believe in what you believe in? Why would I ever want to adapt your lifestyle? Why would I ever want to emulate 
your faith and your passion. It is abhorrent. It's something that I want to run away from. So we have to, first and foremost, when we talk about unconditional love and, and loving our, our each and each other and our fellow human beings and our fellow Jews with absolute love, it's important for us to remember that it's not in spite of religion. It's because of it. It's not in spite of faith in God, but because we believe in God. In the words of one of the great Hasidic masters, Ahov Misha Ahuv Ohev, a person should love he who his beloved loves, he or she who the, his beloved loves. In other words, if you love God and God loves everyone else, then if you truly love God, then you should love everyone else. If you struggle to share love to your fellow human beings, and you not blame it on God, you blame it on on your God on your faith. Then, do you really love God? Because if you truly love somebody, you love their friends. If you truly love somebody, you love who loves them, and you've seen them many times. If your kid has a good friend, that friend not only is a friend of your child; it's your friend. Because you are good to my child, you are good to me. You are my friend, my child's friend, you are my friend. And the same thing with God. Each and every one of us is God's beloved. And therefore, if I can hate human beings, if I can hate another person, and then blame it on religion, then it's not religion. It's not faith. And I don't really love God. Because if I truly love God, then I love what he loves. And he loves each and every one of us. Ahafti eschem amar Hashem. God says, I love unconditionally every single person. It's such a simple idea, this idea of unconditional love. This idea of just loving people despite what they do, despite how they present themselves, despite of what we think of their life choices. Just loving them unconditionally. It's such a simple idea, and yet it seems to be so desperately lacking by so many of us. And so many people walk around feeling that they're not getting any unconditional love. Not from their parents, not from their teachers, not from their mentors, not from religion. And we have to ask ourselves, as we enter, as we come closer to the three weeks, please God, may Mashiach come before that, may a world of redemption come before we have to go through the three weeks, the fast days and the morning. We have to ask ourselves a simple question. Am I an ambassador of God to offer to my fellow human beings and to everyone around me pure, unconditional love? This is 101.9 Chai FM, and I'm going to play for you a song now. It's a song by God Elbaz. It's called Kishahalev Bocheh, here on 101.9 Chai FM. This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Avton on 101.9 Chai FM. 101.9 from this Rabbi Levi Afton, Associate Rabbi Linksfield Chul. Once again, our WhatsApp is 0618951019. Our SMS number is 34519. Okay, 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 okay. Unconditional love. Okay, stop preaching. Right? Uh, so, usually when you come up with this topic of giving people unconditional love, you have two reactions. Some people say it's so obvious. Of course. What's it to talk about? And other people say, Pathetic. Where do you even get that from? Of course, God's love is conditional. I've heard that many times. And 
for me, there's very few things that can be more desecrating to God's name than to say about God that his love is conditional. In other words, God loves you based on what you do, not on based on who you are. Because a half-decent parent, not a parent who earns any diplomas, just a half-decent parent who brought children into this world, loves a child no matter who they turn out to be. And that's why even from the youngest age, we love them with all our hearts. You know, this baby comes out into this world and you love them and you have no idea anything about them, only that you know that's your child. You don't know their personality. You don't know their strengths. You don't know their weaknesses. You don't know their IQ. Well, at least as of now, they haven't figured out how to test IQs by first day babies. And all you know is you love this being. How much more so, God, that put each and every one of us here in this world and designed us, gave us our character, gave us our strengths, gave us our weaknesses. How can he hate us for the weaknesses he gave us? And how can he hate us for the humanity that he made us? He made us human. And human beings are fallible and we make mistakes. So telling somebody that the love that God gives them is only dependent on if they do the right thing, but if they do the wrong thing, they fall out of love. What kind of God is that? And yet so many people convince themselves that that is a religious doctrine and that is God loves you based on what you do. Last Shabbos was the yard site of the Lubavitcher Rebbe, 25 years. I spoke about it a bit last week at the, on the show. And there are many, many ideas that are brought up that the Rebbe taught this world. And many essays came out this past week about him and social media was full of of comments, hashtag the Rebbe, etc. For me personally, I can only say for me personally, the most powerful idea the Rebbe really taught the world. He wasn't originator of the idea, but he took it to a whole new level and really built an entire worldview based on that is that each and every one of us is beloved by God and each and every one of us deserves to be here and each and every one of us deserves unconditional love and support. And therefore, go reach out to your fellow Jew. Go reach out to your fellow human being. Bring them closer, not because if they're not closer, they're not going to live They're not going to go to heaven. No, because you love somebody, therefore you want them to be happier. You want them to feel closer to who they are. But not because we're going around to save people from going to hell. Not because we think that we have the monopoly on God's love and we're just trying to get people back in favor with God. Heaven forbid On the contrary, the first and foremost message the Rebbe would tell us is go around and tell everybody, God loves you. No matter what you've done and no matter who you are, God loves you. And the first person, at least in modern Jewish history, who took this idea and built a movement on it was the founder of the Hasidic movement, the Baal Shem Tov, Rabbi Sorol Baal Shem Tov, who lived about 250 years ago, passed away 260 years ago, actually. And he used to go around the towns 
and tell people a simple message. God loves you. God loves you. God loves you. And this was not a long time after a massive massacre that happened in 1648-1649 that decimated Eastern European Jewry. This was after centuries of the Dark Ages and the Middle Ages and just very, very difficult lives for the Jewish community who eventually started believing in their own myth, and that is that God doesn't love them. And God's there to punish them. And they're never good enough. And the Bashemta would walk around and he would gather people in the town square. He would stand up on a little carton and he would stand up and say, God loves you. No matter who you are, he loves you. And he loves when you say amen. And when you do a mitzvah, it makes his heart so warm. Because he loves you so much, everything you do means so much. Not what you do makes him love you. No, because he loves you. Therefore, whatever you do just means so much to him. When you love somebody, you want to see them thrive. But the thriving is not what makes you love them. It's because you love them that you want to see them thrive. Because God loves each and every one of us, therefore, we should feel the, the, the passion to be able to grow and to be able to want to be better because that's what love does. When we get unconditional love, then we want to grow. We want to flourish. We get nourished in the climate of unconditional love. Each and every one of us has the incredible, incredible gift of being alive, which is an incredible gift. And when God put us here in this world, it's because God loves us and gave us the gift of life. And each and every moment that we're here on this world, we are showered with Hashem's love. And all we need to do is just tap into it, to believe in it, to believe in ourselves the way He believes in us, to believe in Him the way He believes in us. And when we do that, we walk around with a sense of self, a healthy sense of self, self-confidence, passion, faith and healthy human beings who feel that they belong here one of the scariest things in the past week having spoken to many people after the terrible tragedy that happened in our community with um, a boy who unfortunately took his life and a big part of it was that he didn't feel his own sense of worth is how many people reached out and said I don't feel like I belong here I don't feel worth it. I feel like a mistake. I feel redundant in this world. I feel dispensable in this world. I feel like if I left, maybe people would miss me, but ultimately the world would not lack anything. How much more wrong can a person be? How heartbreaking and devastating it is the amount of people, specifically youth, who actually feel that they have no meaning to this world, that they don't have a role to play. How devastating that people think that because they're not perfect, they're not worthy of love and compassion and connection. How devastating. This past week, I felt like literally climbing onto rooftops and screaming as loud as I can. You belong here. 
Each and every one of us belongs here. We're good enough to be here. Just the amount of people that have reached out saying they don't feel it is is heartbreaking. And as a society, we have to ask ourselves, are we giving this message enough? Are we telling people that they belong here? Are we telling ourselves that we're good enough? Are we making our love to our own children conditional based on their marks and their success and their popularity and their looks and their weight? Are we sharing the love that God gives to us with those around us? Are we people that our kids know they can trust that no matter what, we'll love them? That our love has nothing to do with what they've accomplished that day. That at the beginning of the day, before they've started their day, and at the end of the day, after all the mistakes and failures and success of the day, our love is the same. We can be proud of their accomplishments, but our love is constant. My child, out of the blue, reached out to me a few days ago and turned to me and said, if I suddenly became a naughty kid, would you still love me? I don't know where it came from. This young young child turned to me and asked me that question. And my eyes welled up a bit, and I, I said, of course. And that was the end of the conversation. Now, some people might say, oh my gosh, now you just empower them to become naughty. I don't think so. All that kid wanted to know, all my child wanted to know is, how conditional is your love, Dad? Do I have to earn your love? Do I have to be something other than who I am to earn your love? And yes, there's a part of me as in part of every human being that struggles to give unconditional love. We want success and we want pride and we want to be able to look at our child and say, look, this is the child I brought into the world. What a mensch. What a success story. And everyone's singing the compliments. Yes, there is a part of us that struggles to give love unconditionally and wants to give very conditional love and wants to tell a child when they've done well in school, oh, wow, I love you, I'm so proud of you. But when the child doesn't do well, struggles to say it or says it half-heartedly. But it's something we have to overcome. Each and every one of us has to be, we're told, to go in the ways of God. And just like God accepts us every single day, no matter what we've done, at the end of the day, we say, God, I give you back my soul. And in the morning, he gives it back to us. Every single morning, please God. And he just believes in us again and again and again and forgives our sins and is understanding. We have to pass that over because if we are ambassadors of God in this world and that's what we are each and every one of us then we have to emulate as much as we can in the ways of the divine and the first and foremost that means to be able to be loving and kind to others to sit with people and feel their pain without judging them to celebrate their love without being jealous of them holding them tight day in and day out, no matter what life throws at them, the consistent, stable, inherent, unconditional connection and love. Because that's what God gives us. 
how many of us walk the streets and truly feel that we are a gift to this world? How many of us walk the streets and truly believe that God loves us? I know I struggled with it for a long time, and maybe I still struggle with it at times, but every time I start feeling this deep darkness that tries to tell me, oh gosh, what difference do you make? On those days where things just don't seem to get right and everything comes at you, and you start questioning your own sense of self-worth. Everyone's criticizing. Everyone's judging. And you start saying, so, so, so am I a bad person? Am I just a mistake? Would the world be better off without me? The second that thought comes, to remind ourselves, gosh, God loves me. And gave me another day. Rabba emunasecha, we say every morning in the Modani, God, you believe in me. You believe in each and every one of us. To remind ourselves. In the words of King David, ki avi ve'imi azavuni va'ashem yasfeni, that even if everyone neglects and leaves me, God gathers me and God loves me. God hears. God sees me and loves me. If more of us walked around feeling that we were placed here for a reason by a God who will love us no matter what we do, I think so much of the darkness that many of us grapple with would slowly but surely dissipate. So much of the harshness that we see out there, people going into very, very dark places, people taking their life, and unfortunately people falling into bad habits and addictions, I do believe that that would be an incredible countermeasure to it if we truly believed that we matter. And because we matter, our actions matter. Not because our actions matter, therefore we matter. No, because we matter, therefore our actions matter. This is 101.9 High FM on Soul to Soul. This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Afton on 101.9 High FM. The Jewish Community Survey of South Africa is live. Go to JCSSA 2019.co.za to sign up. This is a once-in-a-decade opportunity to participate in the Kaplan Center's national online survey. The survey is open to Jewish adults 18 years and older living in South Africa. Your views are important and your participation is essential for planning for the long-term needs of our community. Make time, participate, have your say. That's jcssa2019.co.za. This is Rabbi Levi Aftson, Associate Rabbi at Linksville Shul here on Soul to Soul. And we are talking about love. It's an interesting thing. Let's talk a little bit in a different angle. The first thing we're embraced when we come into this world is by love. Our mother, our father... The doctors, the nurses, the grandparents were engulfed with love. In the first few years of life, pretty much very little criticism, very little um, discipline, just love. And then we discover other kinds of love, not just love from parents, siblings, cousins. And then we discover friends and different kind of friendships. And eventually we discover romantic love. 
and we discover the love of coming into a new family and in-laws and community. And it's amazing how many different kinds of relationships we develop in our lifetime and how much love a person needs to flourish, how many different types of love. Love from parents is not enough. You also need love from friends. And love from friends is not enough. You also need love from your spouse, from your children, to your children. We get so much love. We give so much love. There's so much love in the, in the human condition, the human psyche. And some of us are blessed to have many of these loves. Some of us only have some of these loves. Well, why is love always there? Because that is the environment in which we grow. We grow when we're loved. In this week's parsha, we read of the death of one of the greatest Jews who ever lived, Aaron Akohen, Aaron the high priest, the older brother of Moses. He was three years older than Moses, and he passed away a few months, about seven months before his brother, before his younger brother. He was 123 years old, and he passed away in the month of Av, which is actually in the Hebrew calendar not far away, just a few weeks away. He passed away on the first day of the month of Av and was buried just outside Israel on the east side of the Jordan in Hor HaHar. And the parsha tells us, the Torah portion this week tells us, Vayivku Oisei Kol Yisrael, that he was cried for by everybody. And the commentaries say, why did everyone cry for Aaron? Not simply because he was the older brother of Moshe, because he was the high priest. No. Ohev shalom verodev shalom. Because he loved peace and he chased peace. He loved peace and he chased peace. He loved to see people get along. He loved people. And because he loved them, he loved to see their life beautiful. He wanted their marriages to work, and he would spend countless hours bringing marriages together. So, so much so, we're told that when he passed away, there were thousands of kids named after him because he brought peace to their parents. And when the parents came together and had a child, they named it after Aaron. Here was an individual who was obsessed with people. Each and every one of us has different passions. Some of us have passions for study, for God. Some of us have passions for nature, for the animal kingdom. But how many people do you meet whose passion is people? They just love people. It's almost unfashionable in our time to love people. Why? Because it's fun to blame people for everything. It's the human race that has destroyed the planet. It's the human race that it's wiped out so many different animals. It's the human race that causes bloodshed and world wars. It's the human race that causes heartache and this and that. And let's all just have dogs at home and forget about having people because animals are lovely and they give unconditional love. It's true. Animals are much easier to love at times. But God loves people. And I believe it's a challenge for each and every one of us to ask ourselves, do I appreciate people? Do I love the humanity? Do I love other people? One of the great stories I heard after the Holocaust is that someone one time came to Lubavitcher Rebbe and said, how can one believe in God after the Holocaust? And the Rebbe said, that's a good question. 
But I have a bigger question. How can one believe in people after Holocaust? Because it was people who did this. And yet the Rebbe believed in people in a way that I don't believe anyone else can compare. He so much believed in people. Even people who made the biggest mistakes and ended up in prison on death row, the Rebbe believed in them. And he saw so much good in them. There's a famous story of prisoners, obviously they weren't on the high level, um, you know, maximum security prisoners, but they were allowed to come to the Rebbe's Fabrengen, and the Rebbe made sure that they would be spread around the room, that nobody would know who the prisoners are, and then dedicated a talk to just show how even in the darkest places, the soul can illuminate, and if these people were placed in such a dark place as prison, it must be because their soul is in a higher level, and they can elevate even that place. It's unbelievable. Just to see love, to believe in people. It's fantastic how many of us love animals and love the universe and love nature. It is, it really is, and it's so beautiful. It's God's world and it's important that we protect it. At the same time, unfortunately, you look around and you sit there asking, are there enough people loving people? The former ambassador to the UN, the American ambassador to the UN, Samantha Power, who was during the Obama administration, she gave a talk a few years ago in which she says that in the 90s, during the Rwanda war here in Africa, someone one time reached out to one of, uh, to, to the politicians and said, why aren't the Congress people doing more to stop the war. Why isn't America interfering? And the congressperson, I don't know if it was a man or a woman, responded and said, you know, you're 100% right. And we should have done more and we could do more. But he says, let me tell you something. In the, in the, in the few weeks that this war lasted, in my office, my congress office, I received numerous calls about who's saving the elephants and the gorillas of Rwanda. And not one person asked me, who's saving people? Not one person called me and said, let's do more for people. Everyone called and said, let's do more for animals. And I remember watching this talk. It's a TED talk um, by Samantha Power. And I just remember how much it hit me, how I felt the same way a few years ago in Iraq with ISIS, when ISIS was destroying um, artifacts, which was very upsetting, beautiful artifacts of history. And yet you watched all the newspapers, all the news sites. The front piece was about how they're destroying an artifact. And the tenth piece of news is how they they killed a thousand people. When artifacts become more important than people, I think we've lost the plot. Artifacts are important. The animals are important. The universe is important. But first and foremost is God's children. And those created in the image of God. And if we can find love for everything else other than our fellow human beings, if we can have unconditional love to the universe, but not unconditional love to the person in front of us on the line of the store, we are missing the plot. And maybe that's just one reason why so many people feel worthless. Because in many people's eyes, yeah, people are worthless. They'll scream things like overpopulation. In other words, if we're 7 billion people now, 1 billion is dispensable. How is that supposed to make a person feel? When we talk about, oh, I only want to have one or two kids because if I have more, I'm going to overpopulate the world and pretty much having a child is a mathematical equation. So what are we telling our children? 
that they are dispensable. And on the contrary, they can hurt the universe. If I bring another kid into the world, they're going to become a menace to the universe. They're going to overpopulate it. How is anyone supposed to walk around with a sense of self after that? What are your thoughts? On 101.9 Chai FM here on Soul to Soul. This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Afton on 101.9 Chai FM. 101.9 Chai FM, it's time to wrap up the show. Thank you so much for listening. And before we put on the final song, which is one of my favorite songs here on the, on the station, they play it every so once in a while. It talks about do not be afraid, Altira, don't be afraid. I think it's important for us to remember that maybe at the heart of the reason why so many of us struggle to give love and receive love is because we're full of so much fear. Fear of the future, fear of the present, just fear. The amount of people that live in anxiety and trepidation. And maybe if we just threw back on God and just said, I throw it back to you, God. I rely on you. God, you created this world and you will take care of each and every one of the seven billion. And there is not one person on the face of this earth who's a mistake. And there's not one person on the face of this earth who God does not want here. And there's not one person on the face of earth who's, who is not worthy and able to seek redemption and to become a little bit better. And there's not one of us who does not deserve love, unconditional love from all of us. If we can Take anger and fear out of us. Judgment, xenophobia, hatred, self-righteousness, fear of the other. If we could clear our heart from this nonsense and allow our heart to flow with good feelings, feelings of ahava, love, forgiveness, compassion, rachamim, connection, and all the beautiful things that God asks us that we emulate of Him. Without a question, we will see many more smiles on people's faces. We'll see many more people feeling worthy. And if there's one thing, you know, I spent a lot of time with the family of the late Adam. And if there's one thing that the parents told me to please pass the message out to everyone as Let's love each other a little bit more. And let's tell each other how much we love each other. And let us create a world in which people don't feel like they have to be anything to earn our love. Because the love comes before you earn. The love comes and leads to growth. The growth doesn't lead to love. This is Rabbi Levi Afson, Associate Rabbi Linksfield Chul. Here on Salt to Soul, it was a privilege and an honor to be here on the show. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, the Chai FM team. Please, God, Tuesday, 1, 1 p.m., 1 to 2, every after, every Tuesday afternoon, the Fabrengen Show. Have a great week, and may we only share simchas, good news, with one another. Have a great one.